Thanks, Daniel. Uh, my name is Ron Cole. I'm one of the pastors here. And again, it's a joy to welcome all of you here this morning, especially if you're visiting with us. Uh, we are glad that you are here with us. I want to talk this morning about the fact that at one time or another, every one of us has been hurt. And I'm not thinking about those hurts that just come in life because we live in a broken world. But I'm talking about we've been hurt by the people around us, by people we love. For some of us, it was a betrayal. There was a betrayal somewhere, somebody we trusted, somebody who had made a commitment to us, maybe a spouse, uh, maybe a business partner, but somebody who had made a commitment to us ends up cheating on us. She has an affair. He embezzles money. And, and it hurts us so deeply. And the, the money might be one thing in the work situation, but it's, it's even deeper, the betrayal of the trust that we had. And it hurts us and it tears us apart. It, it might be betrayal. It might, for some of us, be humiliation. Maybe our parents uh, didn't know how to have fun or whatever, didn't know how to tell a joke or get people to laugh, so we became the one that they always talked about. They embarrassed us. They told the, the stories about us that should not be told by a parent. They, they, they humiliated us. Maybe it was a bully at school, but, but somebody who, who just came along and we became the, the story, we became that, and it, and it hurt us so deeply, and it was so painful. Maybe you've been falsely accused. You don't know why somebody just decided that they, they were going to make you pay for something. They were going to hurt you. They were going to make you struggle. And so they, they threw out accusations. And even if you can defend yourself against them, even if you have proven that you are innocent, that's always out there. And you know that everybody is kind of saying, yeah, but there was that rumor. And you carry that around for the rest of your life. Maybe you've been abused physically, sexually, emotionally. But someone in a position of a power, someone in a position of authority has taken advantage of that and hurt us. Each and every one of us, as we go through life, we've been hurt by some of the people around us. And, and as we experience that, I want to recognize that I'm thinking about the hurts that we didn't deserve, okay? It, it, it's the hurts that we didn't deserve. There are sometimes that we put ourselves in positions, sometimes where we do things and we get bonked and we get whacked, and, and it's sort of like, well, yeah, that was my fault. I, I led into that one. But I want to recognize there are some times when, when we didn't deserve it. We maybe weren't a perfect spouse, but our spouse did not deserve to be able to go and do that. We maybe weren't perfect kids, but our parents had no right to do that. We maybe weren't perfect parents, but our kids had no right to treat us that way. We didn't deserve it. It wasn't fair. We don't understand what's going on, and the hurt doesn't just go away. It doesn't just go away. It, it, it doesn't get better. It, it's there, and it fosters, and like an infection, it starts to spread through other parts of our soul. It starts to go into those places, and it seems to be there. And in some ways, sometimes, if we're honest, we're not sure we want it to go away. Sometimes we nurture it. We nurture it because we, we want to hate that person for what she did to us, for what he did to us. And so we hold on to it, and it's there, but it becomes just a toxic poison that begins to impact our entire lives. We've all had people hurt us, and, and the hurt doesn't go away. And sometimes we get to the point of hating, and, and sometimes we hate those we love. And it's such a, a difficult thing because we love that person, but we hate that person. And it is so painful. So what do we do? I know what I want to do. When you hurt me, I want to whack you back. When, when you tell a story about me, I want to tell a story ten times worse about you. When, when you do something to me, I want to make it worse back to you. I want to do that. But you know, uh, probably, I assume, uh, that, that 
That's not what the Bible calls us to. One of the most amazing teachings of the Bible, and in some ways, one of the most controversial teachings of the Bible. We don't always think of it that way, but in some ways, one of the most controversial teachings of the Bible is that when somebody has hurt us, we are called to forgive. We are called to forgive that person, and we're called time and time again throughout Scripture to do that, not to give in to that desire to make that person pay, not to give in to make that person hurt as much as we were hurt, but to forgive that person. Colossians 3, verse 13, bear with each other. Okay, I can do that. I can carry burdens with you. I can walk with you as you go through a tough time, but forgive one another. Forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. We started a couple of weeks ago to talk about the one another's in Scripture, and we said that there were 37 different instructions, commands, given uh, some of them multiple times, so 59 altogether. But, but there are all these one another's about in the Scripture, and we said the main one, 13 times mentioned in the New Testament, was love one another. We said that includes everything else. So everything else we talk about, love one another. And then we talked about praying for one another, that if we love one another, we're going to pray for one another. Last week we talked about accepting one another, about accepting one another. And now we talk about forgiving one another, about letting go of those hurts and of not holding those against those who have damaged us. We're going to talk about forgiving one another. This is one of those cases where the one another, I don't know if it makes that much difference because we're, we're forgiving one another within the body, within the family of God is, is pretty similar. We're clearly also commanded to forgive those outside of the body of Christ. And so we are called to forgive one another. Let me just say at the outset that I have received a lot of help from this book. Uh, Lou Smeads, who's a, uh, passed away now, but was a Christian philosopher, a uh, seminary teacher, but he wrote the book Forgive and Forget. It is one of the best books I think there is on forgiveness. It's an older book, but it is being reprinted because it just is, I think, full of wisdom. So I want to think about forgive one another, and we're going to do this this week and next week, okay? This is one of those topics that I, I run into time and time again of, of people coming to me, and Daniel gets it as well, of, of, of saying, do I have to forgive this person? How do I forgive this person? I can't forgive this person. I'll never forgive that person. And, and, and saying, you know, we've got to think about forgiveness, We've got to try to figure out what it is. And so this morning I want to ask two questions. And the next week we'll ask a third question. This morning I want to look at why should we forgive and then what is forgiveness. And next week we'll look at how do we do it? How can I start to forgive that person who hurt me so deeply? How can I start to forgive that person who just tore my heart out? And it has just hurt me over and over again. So we start with why. Why should we forgive? Again, it's interesting. I, I did some internet just kind of searching and, and, and bopping around. And, and, and it wasn't too hard to find a whole group of folks who are saying, you shouldn't forgive because forgiveness is, is no good. It loses you. It doesn't hold people accountable. It does all sorts of things that are bad. You shouldn't forgive. You should get even. You should make sure there's justice. You should do all of that. So why should we forgive? Three things here. The first one is, is one of those that's true and enough, but I always feel like I need a little more than this in some ways. You'll get what I mean when I say this. Why do we forgive? Because God tells us to, okay? On the one hand, that's enough, right? God tells us to. God is God. He's in charge. He gives commands. We're supposed to obey them. God tells us to, so therefore we must forgive. Colossians 3, back to that. These are what we call imperatives, right? Bear with each other and forgive one another, Okay? This is what you've got to do. You've got to forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. God says to do it, therefore I must do it. And at one level, that's enough, right? At one level, that's enough to say, all right, I've got to do this. But, 
But why would God tell me to do that? I, I think that, and we've talked about this before, that when God gives us commandments, when God calls us to do something, it's not just arbitrary. There's a reason he calls us to forgive. There's a reason why he calls us to, to do what he wants us to do. And, and that's what I kind of want to get at with the other two, the next two things that I think the, the Bible teaches us about why we should forgive. The, the second reason why we should forgive is, is that because... We need God to forgive us. I, I, I need to forgive, not just because God told me I should, not just because he said that's a good thing for me to do, but because I need to be forgiven. Because I, the Bible makes it clear, each and every one of us is a sinner, okay? Each and every one of us is a sinner. I, I, it's so interesting. I say that all the time, but I will be real honest. When Daniel was praying and he got a little loud about saying, Lord, we have sinned, and I thought, well, not that bad. I've had a pretty good week, Dan. But I, right, I mean, I say it, but I, I just thought, what is, I, 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 I'm so defend. But the Bible says, you know, we're all sinners. We are all people who have hurt God. We've hurt each other. We've damaged ourselves. We have all disobeyed God. And we are dead without grace. We are dead in our sins. We need God's forgiveness. And there's this amazing thing the Bible talks about, and we've got to be really careful with this because it can sound like conditional stuff and so on. But, but here's how I, I tend to look at this about my forgiveness and how my forgiveness of you is tied into God's forgiveness of me. What I think about is this, that in, in a sense, we choose the kind of world we live in, okay? We choose the kind of world we live in. What I mean by that is I can choose to live in a world where there is limited forgiveness, I can choose to live in a world where I say, I will not forgive you for that. I cannot forgive you for that. It would be wrong for me to forgive you for that. I can choose to live in a world where there is a limit to forgiveness. But the problem is when I do that, I'm choosing a whole world and God is saying, okay, you've chosen that. You've chosen to, to, to live in a world where, where, where you don't need full forgiveness. And that leaves me on the out. It's not that God says, well, it's on the condition. If you forgive, then I'll forgive you. But if we are forgiven, we then say, and if we understand that we're all dead in our sins, we say, my only chance is grace. My only chance is forgiveness. And so I have got to learn to forgive those who have hurt me. We can choose a world where there's limited forgiveness, but God says, then that's the world you get. Or we can choose a world where there is full forgiveness. Now, I'm not saying that we forgive immediately. We're going to talk about what forgiveness is. I'm not saying we do it easily. I'm not saying it's something that's like, well, if I, if I haven't forgiven this person 10 minutes after what they did or even maybe 10 years after what she did to me or he did to me, then, then I, God hasn't forgiven me. But the question is, is am I working toward forgiveness? Jesus says this, and, and we get a pretty good, interesting picture of this in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus is teaching us the words of what we call the Lord's Prayer. And, and one of the lines of the Lord's Prayer that is an amazing thing to say is in, in verse 13, Matthew 6, 13, and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. God, forgive me as I have forgiven others. And, and Jesus said, you've got to tie the two together. And, and it's interesting because immediately it's like Jesus says, I've got to explain this. Let me, let me explain what this means of, of how these things are tied together. And, and then the next two verses, and I want to quote this from the message, okay? Eugene Peterson's translation paraphrase. But, but Jesus goes on, he says, you've got to understand, in prayer there's a connection. There's a connection between what God does and what do you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. 
That's why I say, I, I, I think what happens is we choose the world we live in. In a sense, God says, fine. You want to live in a world where you say, you know what, I can't forgive that person. I won't forgive that person. That, that what they did was just too horrible. And there are people who've done horrible things. Get, hear me. I'm not talking about saying, oh, it's easy to forgive. It's a miracle. It's difficult. It's almost impossible for us to do it. That's why we need God's help. But if I choose to say, I won't forgive you for that. I won't forgive you. That hurt was too much. Then I'm saying, God, I don't need all of your forgiveness. We need to forgive because we need God's forgiveness because we're broken people. Because I need grace. And as I understand God's grace for me, that that then allows me and gives me strength to forgive you. We forgive because God tells us to. We forgive, forgive because we need God to forgive us. And then the third reason, I think, why we forgive is we be, forgive because that's the, the first step in our healing. It's the only way that we can begin to heal. Th- those hurts that somebody has given to us, that affair that she had, that, that cheating that that person did, the abuse, those hurts, they keep building up. And like I said, they become resentment. We can try to bury them deep. We can try to say, it doesn't matter. It's over. It's in the past. But those things are like toxic, toxic waste. And, and every time we feel them, if we nurture them, if we don't forgive, if we don't let go, it becomes another weight on our heart. And the only way to begin to heal, the only way to begin to let go of that is to practice the miracle of forgiveness. Lou Smeads, again, in the book Forgive and Forget, he writes this. He says, when you release the wrongdoer from the wrong. You cut a malignant tumor out of your inner life. When I forgive you, I cut out a tumor out of my life because that pain has, has become a tumor. And so I do that. You set a prisoner free, but you discover that the real prisoner was yourself. Now, this is not to say that forgiveness is just something I do for my sake. No, I do it for God's sake. I do it for the other person. But I discover that as I learn to live in grace with you, as I learn to forgive you for the hurt you did to my child, as I learn to forgive, I start to heal myself. So that's why. I, I don't want to go deeper than that. We can talk more. But, but God calls us to do it at one level. That's enough. But he calls us to do it because we need grace ourselves and, and we need to experience healing. So now to the second question. And, and this is the one I think that is so important for us. Whenever I have that, and it's, and it's with some regularity that I have somebody come into my office and say, I don't know what to do with this. My spouse did this. My parents did this. My uncle did this to me when I was just a little girl. Whatever it was. And they say, what do I do with this? I don't know how to forgive. I can't forgive. I can't let go of it. It just keeps there, and it hurts so much, and the hurt keeps coming. One of the things that I discover over and over again is that we've got to think seriously about defining forgiveness. As I was looking at those people who say forgiveness is a loser's game, forgiveness is garbage, forgiveness is worthless, I thought, you know what, you're not talking about the real deal when you're talking about forgiveness. So I want to take 15 minutes or so right now and just talk about what forgiveness really is. When we forgive somebody, what are we actually doing? And I want to start by saying some of the things forgiveness is not. Some of the things forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not just a quick fix. It's not a quick fix to get rid of pain. 
or to avoid a confrontation. You, you know what it's like to do that, right? I mean, sometimes I'll have people come and say, you know, I, yeah, I, I forgave this person for that. They'll describe a situation for me, and I'll say, well, that's got to hurt. You've got to still be angry about it. Oh, no, I forgave them for that. In reality, what we're trying to do is we get hurt. Somebody damages us. Somebody tells a lie about us. Somebody spreads a rumor about us. And we say, oh, man, this really hurts. I don't want to feel the hurt. So I'm going to take it. I'm just going to say, I forgive you. And I'm going to put the hurt into a can. I'm going to seal it shut. And I'm going to bury it deep in my memory. And it will not hurt anything. (laughs) No, forgiveness, when we talk about what it is, we'll see this in a couple of minutes. It's a process. And it does not avoid the pain. Forgiveness takes all the pain. Forgiveness acknowledges all the pain. Real deep, genuine forgiveness means that I take it and I say, it was wrong, it was rotten, it was horrible, and it hurts like crazy. And and the damage is deep, and the damage is painful. It's, It's not a quick way to avoid the pain. If you try to use it that way, you'll never really understand it, and you'll never experience the healing that comes when we start to forgive others. It's also not a way to avoid a confrontation. Sometimes it's, it's, you know, I mean, it's like, okay, I got hurt by this person. Um, and, and, and again, without getting psychobabble here, but I mean, all of us have parents, all of us as parents, we've messed up raising our kids, okay? And we know that. But maybe there's something we say, you know what? I really should talk to my dad about this. Ah, I'd rather just forgive him. <laughs> then I don't have to talk to him about it. He might get angry. Or maybe your partner's doing something wrong or whatever in business, and you say, I need to confront him. Oh, I'd rather forgive him. Then I don't have to confront him. If you think forgiveness is an excuse for confrontation, it's not forgiveness. It's not just an excuse to say, well, I'm not going to talk to this person. That's not the real deal. Quick forgiveness is not something that works. Real forgiveness is genuine. It's honest. It's true. It's true to all the hurts. Forgiveness is not a quick fix. Forgiveness is not excusing someone. It's not excusing someone. We talked about this a couple of months ago about our relationship with God, but this is one that I think is so often a, a confusion for us. That we, when we, what we think of as forgiveness is in reality excusing. And when we say, I get to a place where I can't forgive that person, what we're really saying is, I actually have to forgive that person. I can't excuse that person. Let me explain the difference again and, 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 and see if this connects with you. We excuse someone when we understand, Okay. When I understand what you do, imagine the situation. Tammy says she really needs me home at 7 o'clock. This is really important to her. She needs this, and, and, and I have to be home at 7 o'clock. I don't get home till 8 o'clock. Now, if I come in and I can say, somebody hit me. I was in an accident. My cell phone broke. I couldn't call. I was pinned in the car. I, I, she doesn't need to forgive me, right? I, I, it wasn't my fault. I'm not to blame. She needs to excuse me, right? We all need excusing, and, and, and excusing is essential. We all need to be excused for a lot of things, but if you're excusing someone, you're not forgiving them. If I can understand why you did what you did, I don't need to forgive you. Forgiveness is for those times when we don't understand, when the fact of the matter is I just spent an extra hour at work refecting my fantasy football team, when the fact of the matter is I, I just chose that I was going to make work more important than Tammy. That I was going to you know, make whatever I was doing on the internet more important than Tammy. And, and, and there's always maybe some mixture of blame and not blame. But, but it's those times when I could have done better. I need to forgive somebody when I say, you know what, you, there's not an excuse for this. You know, again, so often I hear people say, but there wasn't an excuse for what they did. How can I forgive them? That's what forgiveness is. 
And, and, and most of us, I think, kind of say, well, I forgive people all the time. No, if you understand it, you excuse people. So when you say, you know what, I didn't deserve that. It doesn't make any sense. You were just deeply selfish. And we can't understand it. And, and we say, that's, that's when forgiveness is required. That's why forgiveness is so tough. Because we're, we're, the action of that person didn't make sense. We didn't deserve it. It wasn't anything that they had to do. They had other options. They could have done better. They didn't have to do what they did. Yeah, maybe they were under a lot of pressure at work, but doggone it, you could have chosen me over your job. You could have chosen better. Yeah, I wasn't the best spouse, but it doesn't mean you get to do that. If you were in a situation where you had no other options, I can excuse you. But you chose to drive drunk and kill my child. You could have done better. Sorry your dad was an alcoholic. But you should have done better. And, and when we forgive, that's what we say to somebody. You should have done better. I expect more out of you. You're better. You, if, if we couldn't have expected better, then we don't need to forgive him. Yeah, I know. I know your life is tough. But you had a choice chose to do the thing that hurt me, that damaged me. I don't understand it. And now I have to forgive. Forgiveness is when we don't understand. It's not the same as excusing someone. It's not toleration of wrong. Okay? Again, this is where so often people say, well, I I forgive them. I just say, well, there's, there's no consequences. There's just no, there was nothing wrong. No, again, when somebody, when I forgive somebody, part of what I'm saying is what you did was wrong. It wasn't understandable. It wasn't excusable. What you did was wrong. We can forgive somebody and still confront that person. And we can forgive somebody and still hold that person accountable. Now, it gets a little hard to know exactly how that all is going to hold together. But forgiveness is not just saying it didn't matter what you did. No, you did wrong. You got behind the wheel when you shouldn't have. You stayed when you shouldn't have. You did what to that person what you shouldn't have done. What you did was wrong. And I'm, I'm not going it, to, it's not acceptable to do it again. It's, it's not acceptable. Do we forgive again? Probably, but that doesn't mean it's acceptable. It's not acceptable. I'm going to hold you accountable. It's entirely possible for you to forgive your business partner for stealing $10,000 and forgive them and say, you know what? You and I, we can start over. We can begin this relationship anew again. But you're going to jail. <laughs> I, I don't have to remove all the consequences. I'm going to visit you in jail, but you're going to jail. Now, again, where, how do we keep the difference? Here's a challenge, I think, for all of us. What's the difference between me saying, you know, that's a legitimate consequence that I don't have to remove, and this is vengeance? Your spouse has an affair. It's a, it's a legitimate, accountable thing to say, you know, I need, to, I need to have these boundaries now as we restore trust in this relationship. But it's vengeance if I have to remind you about it over and over and over again because I want you to feel pain. There's a difference about whether we're doing it to restore or whether we're doing it to tear down. But it's not toleration. It's not acceptance. It's not saying what you did was okay or it didn't hurt me or it didn't matter. It's not excusing. It's not toleration. It's not forgetting. Sometimes I will have people say to me, I haven't forgiven this person. 
I was abused sexually. I mean, fifty years ago, I've talked with people, and I haven't forgiven that person because I keep thinking about it. Guess what? God may be able to forgive and forget. I can't. The fact is, when we get hurt, we get scars, and those scars are there. And 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 so to say, well, I'm just going to forget all about it. I'll never think about it again. That's not the case. I think it's interesting. I don't know how much to make of this, but I always think when I'm thinking about this, you know, I think when Jesus rose from the dead, one of the things that was interesting is he still had the scars, still had the holes in his hands, he still had the, this. And I think part of that is, is Jesus, Jesus doesn't forget that he was crucified. All of eternity, he's going to have reminders that he was crucified. He doesn't forget it, but he forgives us. And, and so if you say, I, won't, I, I, I will not have forgiven that person until I just forgot what happened. No. What you're choosing to do when you forgive is to let go of that. And when that pain comes, you're choosing to let it go. But it doesn't mean you'll necessarily forget. Maybe by God's grace, as time goes on, it becomes small enough that you don't think about it very often. And maybe you do forget it. But don't say, I'm not forgiving or I haven't forgiven because I, I can't forget it. The hurt, the scar is still there. And don't expect somebody else. Anyway, the, the next one. It's, it's not going right back to where we were before. Sometimes I'll hear this one from spouses who say, well, my spouse, I know I did wrong, but my spouse never forgave me because she wants me to do this and this and this and this, or he wants me to do this and this and this and this, or he doesn't trust me with this. You know, it doesn't give me the, the account number for our bank account after you, you know. No. I can forgive you and still say, guess what? Our relationship trust level was six. Now it's negative three. Forgiving somebody doesn't say, well, we're back to a six. It it means I'm going to try to work it up. And I'm going to open up the door to say, let's see if we can trust each other again. And I'm not going to just share everything openly. I'm going to take some time to trust you again. If you choose, that's not, that's wisdom. That's living in a broken world. And again, if you're beating up the person with it, that's vengeance. But, but to say, you know, it's going to take me some time to restore trust. And I don't know if I'll ever get to that place where I trust you as much as I did. You abused my kid. I'm sorry. I can forgive you, but you're not watching them again, ever. And that doesn't mean I don't love you. It doesn't mean I don't forgive you. It just means at this point... We're not going back to that place again. That's what forgiveness is not. Those are things that we sometimes confuse. It's not a quick fix. It's not excusing someone. It's when we don't understand. It's not toleration or acceptance of wrong. It's not forgetting, and it's not going right back to where things were. What is it? What is forgiveness? In some ways, what I want to say is forgiveness is a miracle. I mean, it just absolutely is for us to do that. Four things, though, I want to say about this. First, forgiveness is a process. Again, God can maybe do it instantaneously. God can do it instantaneously, but I can't, and you can't. We'll talk a little bit more about this next week, but it's a process where we feel that pain, where we experience that hurt, where we let it go, and then we let it go again, and then we let it go again, and we let it go again, and we let it go again. It's not something that gets done immediately. I don't know if, and the deepest hurts, if we can actually do complete forgiveness in this lifetime. I mean, there are some of those things that we still have to let go because the hurt still comes, and so on. It's a process. 
Don't expect somebody to be able to forgive you in 10 minutes for something you did. And don't expect that you're going to be able to forgive somebody in 10 minutes. Maybe by God's grace, you'll experience that as a sudden lifting of that. God can do that. But most of the time, it's a process of taking a long time. Forgiveness is a process. Second, it's something we do, and it's also a gift from God. This is one of those things that, on the one hand, I am commanded to do this, so I work with everything I have to let go. I work with everything I can to forgive. I try as hard as I can. But we also need to recognize the only way I can let it go is if God gives me the gift of forgiveness. It's not anything I can do under my own power. I'm not strong enough to let go of that hurt, all right? Because the fact of the matter is I have a right to, to whack you back for the whack you gave me. And I'm not strong enough to just let go of that. And so I need God's grace. I need God's grace to overwhelm me and to teach me and to help me let go of it. And so it's a gift from God. And, 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 and so I find myself, as I work with people who are struggling with forgiveness, I find myself saying time and time again, keep working, keep working, keep working, but rest in Jesus. <laughs> it's a little schizophrenic, but that's the way we are. <laughs> rest because God will continue to work in you. But keep working. Keep working. Because God wants you to experience that freedom. And so it is a gift from God. And we say, God, I need help. I need help. But I'm also going to work at it. And, and then what I think is really at the core, at the heart of forgiveness, is letting go. It, 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 the, the Greek word for forgiveness, afaemi, is to let go. It's to not hold on to. It is... To, to let go, and we let go of two things. First, we let go of our right to get even. And, and like I said earlier, I mean, we have a right to get even. When I need to forgive you for something, you, you did something and it was wrong, and it was unfair, and the scales of justice are out of whack. And I genuinely have every right, I do. And when somebody, I need forgiveness from you, you have every right to whack me back. You have every right to, 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 to not forgive me. You have every right to do that. I have every right to hurt you. You have every right. If somebody got behind the wheel of a car and, and, and killed one of your kids because they were drunk, you have every right to demand their life. You have every right to make their life the, the pain that yours is going to be for the rest of your life. But what you do when you forgive is you take that right, and that means taking all of that pain, and you say, God, as best I can, I want to let it go. It's, it's a holy moment to, with trembling hands to say, I'm going to take this and I'm going to do my best to let it go. I'm not going to hold it against you anymore. I'm not going to beat you up with it anymore. I'm not going to, I'm not going to force you to, to, to be defined by that anymore. I'm going to let go of my right. I'm going to, now again, there, there can still be consequences, but, but I'm going to let go of that. I'm going to let go of my right to get, and that's why, again, I, Forgiveness is, is not cheap. Forgiveness is not free. Nobody can pay for it, but the person giving it pays an unbelievable price for it. To let it go. To say, you know what, I'm not going to hold it against you anymore. And I'm going to let go of my right to get even, and I'm going to let go of my old picture of you. Part of what that is is I'm going to separate you out from the deed. When somebody hurts us, they become that deed. That's all they are. We define them by that. That's who they are. And as we forgive, as we let go of that, we start to say, okay, I'm going to start to see you not just as a person who is that deed, but as a person who did that deed. 
And I'm going to try to see you as a person who's created in God's image. And it doesn't mean I'm going to trust you completely. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. But I'm going to let go of that picture of you. And, and, and sometimes the biggest indication of, of forgiveness that we're moving down that path is not that we just say, I love this person and we're getting along great. Sometimes a key indication is to say, I can look at that person and not hate them. I can look at that person and actually hope that they do all right. It's not always easy, again, to know the line between holding accountable and and getting even, but it's letting go of our right to get even, and it's letting go of our old picture of that person. And then one more thing. It's opening up the door to a new beginning. When I forgive, I open up the door. Again, it's a new beginning. It's not going back to where I was. But I open up the door to say, okay, Let's see where this goes. And again, we might have gone for a trust six down to a minus three or a minus 10 or a minus 12. But I'm opening up the door to say, let's see if this goes and where it goes again. That's why forgiving is always scary. Forgiveness is an amazing act of, of letting go. Of letting go of our right. I do. I have a right to hurt you. But I'm going to let go of that. And I'm going to love you. Forgive one another. Next week, how? How do we do that? How do we, how do we become people who are able to let go of that which is so powerful in us? This week, just reflect on where those hurts are and begin to say, God, help me. Help me to learn to forgive. Let's pray together. Father, for some of us, we kind of feel like, yeah, there's probably people who have hurt us. But for some of us right now, we are just really just crushed by some of the pain that we've experienced. So, Father, we pray that you will forgive us so we can forgive others. Father, we pray that you will give us the strength to love others the way you love us. Father, it's hard for us to let go. So send your spirit into our lives so that by the power of the cross we can live as people who are forgiven, forgiving others. We pray this in Jesus' name.